0: Welcome to the Speaking of Women's Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Holly Thacker, and thanks for joining me back in the Sunflower House. This is episode six of our regular Speaking of Women's Health podcast. Be sure to check out our medical Speaking of Women's Health CME podcast for high-level, interesting interviews with physician experts, as well as the 16-plus podcast series of my updated book, The Cleveland Clinic Guide to Menopause. Well, thanks for joining me back in the Sunflower House. And today's episode, which is March 2023, and March is, in fact, Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, I think it is pretty apropos that we are going to be talking about constipation, what you can do about it, and the three F's, fluid, fiber, and fun exercise. So, what is it, everything that you wanted to know about constipation but were afraid to ask? Ugh. Ugh. Constipation is such a pain in the you-know-what. It's a very common condition, though, amongst many, young, old, and in-between, and especially women. Fluids, fiber, and fun activity and exercise certainly all help a very sluggish bowel. And chronic constipation affects more than 20% of the population, and indeed, females are more affected than males. And constipation can occur during times of change, from potty training to premenstrual time to menopause, as well as in the postmenopausal phase and beyond. In addition, females do tend to have a slower colon transit time. And lack of physical activity can also contribute to slower colon. And some females may engage in just less vigorous work or recreational activity compared to age-matched males. So my granddaughter, Artemis, who is just becoming a big girl with her big girl underwear and is potty training, has run into just a few little hiccups with some constipation. And so that, along with March being colorectal cancer awareness and how we've now reduced the age of starting to screen for colorectal cancer in people down to 45, not the old 50, I thought it would be a good idea to kind of do a deep dive into constipation and have a a focus on fiber and some therapeutic options. So, for lots of reasons, it's important to ingest fiber-rich foods, including fruits and veggies and beans, as well as foods high in prebiotics. So, some examples of prebiotic food are avocado, oats, garlic, onions, asparagus, mangoes, chicory root, Jerusalem artichokes, apples with a skin and berries. Now, why do we have a colon? Well, you can certainly live without a colon, but the colon is kind of a handy organ that holds stool and absorbs water. So staying hydrated is important because if you're dehydrated, your colon's going to extract as much water out of the stool as possible. And fiber holds in water in the stool, preventing hard stools. And conversely, some fibers absorb water, preventing overly loose stools. Now, probiotics help with a healthy gut bacteria, and it includes fermented foods like yogurt and kefir and buttermilk and tempeh, sauerkraut, pickles, natto, which is a soybean product, apple cider vinegar, and some soft cheeses, including. Gouda, mozzarella, and cheddar cheese, as well or cottage cheese, as well as cheddar cheese, because some of the good bacteria can survive through the process to make cheese. Cheese is nutritionally rich in calcium, and it may help to reduce osteoporosis and heart disease. Now, some people will tell you, "Oh, avoid cheese if you're constipated." This is not usually necessary, rather focusing on the types of cheeses that have the healthy probiotic bacteria, such as as mozzarella, cheese, and cottage cheese. So let's focus on some high-fiber foods that have natural laxative effects. Number one, apples. You know the old saying, an apple a day keeps the doctor away? Well, one small apple has over three grams of fiber. And apples also contain pectin, known for its natural laxative effect. Prunes, number two, are classically recommended as they're high in fiber and they contain the sugar sorbitol, which our body doesn't really digest very well. And if sugar stays in your intestines, it draws water into the intestine. That's why if you cannot digest lactose, milk sugar, you can have diarrhea whenever you ingest lactose. Prunes are sweet, and they can actually be a favorite with children. Figs and fig paste and jams can increase stool transit time. I usually always start with some sliced up prunes that my granddaughter Artemis likes to stab with her fork and eat in the morning. Number three, kiwi. Kiwi is really a power fruit because it's high in fiber and kiwi itself appears to speed up the bowel transit. Number four, pears. Pears are rich in fiber, packing a high six grams of fiber and also contain that sugar sorbitol as well as fructose sugar, which is not well absorbed by the gut. And you can eat a pear by itself, or you can add it to smoothies. We have a great green smoothie that we just posted in honor of St. Patrick's Day that you can find on speakingawomen'shealth.com. You can slice up pears and put it on sandwiches or salads, which I like to do. Number five, rhubarb. Rhubarb is high in insoluble fiber. And it also contains Senicide A, which is actually a laxative. Senicides are found in laxatives that contain Senna. Now, I generally do not recommend Senna-based laxatives, such as Correct-Doll and Ex-Lax, because I've seen a lot of women get addicted to the Senna, use it repetitively, and damage their colon. The autonomic nerves that go to the colon. In fact, many people who get colonoscopies who've had chronic constipation, the physicians doing the scoping might notice melanosis coli, which is actually pigment changes in the colon because of these stimulant laxatives. So, seneside A works by decreasing a protein. That controls water transport in the intestine. Now, rhubarb is very high in oxalate, so if you have calcium oxalate kidney stones, the most common type of kidney stone, you might want to avoid rhubarb. It's certainly not always available in all locales year-round. So it's a little bit more of an unusual fruit. But in the summer, it's frequently mixed with strawberries and put in baked goods like a pie. And you can also add rhubarb to yogurt or oatmeal. And if you need a little jump start, it might be something to try. Number six, flaxseed. Well, flaxseeds are very rich in fiber and omega-3. And you can read about the health benefits of omega-3 on speakinginwomenshealth.com and maybe I'll do another podcast on that topic. Flaxseeds contain both soluble and insoluble fiber And so it helps both with constipation and diarrhea. And women that have irritable bowel syndrome, which is a common condition, can alternate between constipation and diarrhea. Number seven, beans. Beans also contain soluble and insoluble fiber. So the soluble fiber absorbs the water, while the insoluble fiber passes right through the gut, adding bulk to the stool. Now, black beans contain over 7 grams of fiber per half cup, while navy beans pack in over 9 grams of fiber. And we have so many fun, quick, easy, healthy recipes on com. And when I'm grocery shopping and thinking about, oh, I have a couple items I need to use up in my refrigerator or pantry I just type in those words and see if there's any recipes that pop up in case there's one ingredient that I might need to pick up. Number eight, chia seeds. They are the queen of fiber. Packing in the most fiber, clocking in at 11 grams per ounce. Adding these omega-3 rich seeds to smoothies, yogurts, and baked products can be a winner with children now sometimes i used to sprinkle bran and chia seeds on my older son's stetson's peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and he still does not forgive me for that but he did have trouble himself as a child with some stool withholding during potty training um like his daughter artemis and I had to give Artemis a suppository the other day, which further prompted me and my interest to read everything about the bell in adults and children and read everything about fiber and translate it to you, my faithful Speaking of Women's Health audience, because it is a little bit traumatic to have to, you know, insert a suppository in a young child. And so I had to tell her that I had to do that with her daddy some 20-some years ago. And so um, after she went and she went on the potty and was happy that she went on the potty, uh, she then, when she saw her father, said, Daddy needed a suppository when he was a little boy. But the whole event just really highlighted how how frustrating it can be um, for people of any age to deal with a sluggish bowel and how with our busy lives and the personal nature of of bowel evacuation it's really important to kind of train the bowels to be as regular and on time as possible so number nine is lentils they're packed with eight grams of fiber per half cup but interesting lentils also increase the production of butric acid which is a type of short chain fatty acid that increases the transit time of the gut Adding lentils to soups and salads alike help fortify nutrition and bowel habits. And I remember the best bowl of lentil soup I ever had. I was expecting my third son, Grayson. I didn't know what I was having, though, but I just knew I was having a baby. I was several days past my due date, and I kept going in and out and in and out of false labor. And I talked to my doula, and she asked me when the last time I had eaten, and I said, Oh, I think it was a couple days ago. She said, what? I said, well, I keep thinking I'm going into labor and I don't want to eat while in labor because the last two times I threw up so I didn't want food in my stomach. And she said, girl, you don't have enough energy to go into labor. Have a hearty bowl of soup. So my husband Tom made me a bowl of lentil soup. And boom, a few hours later, Grayson was born into the world. Number 10, avocados. Well, avocados are not just for millennials to put on their toast. One cup of sliced avocado contains a whopping 10 grams of fiber and heart-healthy fats, which aid in satiety, which can help with weight loss. So even though it's high fat, you don't need to pick it off your foods. It's healthy. You can use avocado as a substitute for mayonnaise. Or you can add it and sneak it into baked goods or smoothies. Or you can, of course, serve the ever popular dip of guacamole. Number 11. Oat bran. Is the fiber rich outside of the oat grain? And oat bran contains more fiber than just plain rolled oats. And you can use oat bran when you make bread or even make homemade granola. Number 12 high fiber cereals. I remember when we had a live-in nanny, she had to have her bowl of fiber one cereal every day. And I remember picking that up at the grocery store for her. Number 13, fiber supplements. Well, as usual, it's always best to try to get all your nutritional needs in food. We can't always do that. For example, with vitamin D which was the topic of one of our first podcasts. Magnesium. Many times women just don't get enough magnesium in their diet. And sometimes, despite our best attempts, we don't always get enough fiber in our diet. And so fiber supplements. I picked up some Metamucil Fiber Thins, and I was trying to pass it off as a cookie to Artemis. (laughs) And she ate it, uh, but she uh, still realized that she likes other cookies, but it does pack 5 grams of fiber with not very much calories. So it's not a bad little pick-me-up snack to pack when you're on the go. There are other fiber supplements like citracell which contains methyl cellulose. And I found some uh, fiber gummies on the market. And depending on your taste or your child or toddler's taste, they may or may not uh, enjoy that. I did find, though, that some magnesium chewies uh, did go over with Artemis pretty well. And check out our Speaking of Women's Health website for listings of foods which are rich in magnesium, and that does include dark chocolate. And you can listen about all the health benefits about dark chocolate on one of our previous podcasts. So what do you do when you push the fluids and you're not dehydrated, you're well hydrated, you get maximal amounts of fiber in your diet, and you do regular exercise because activity, movement, running around, going to exercise class, taking a brisk walk does help stimulate the bowel's movements. Well, you might want to also look to your diet and avoid constipating foods and substances. Alcohol is constipating, it's dehydrating. Fried foods, fast foods, pack in so many calories and don't usually have hardly any fiber. In many people, gluten-rich foods, primarily breads and pastas, can be constipating. And excessive ingestion of cow's milk and some dairy products in some people may slow down the bowel. Although, if you're a little lactose intolerant, a little bit of lactose can actually loosen the bowel and in some cases cause diarrhea. Now, some fruits, which we generally think are healthy, of course, and have lots of uh, nutrients, such as potassium and magnesium and manganese, like bananas, in some people does slow the bowel down. And also, the fruit persimmons, especially the astringent type, in some people really can cause constipation. And as you'll recall, when you're recovering from a GI bug or diarrhea, we frequently would recommend a tea toast, applesauce, and banana bland diet until the diarrhea subsides. And as you'll know, this podcast is not medical advice. It's just information to help you be strong, be healthy, and be in charge, and come prepared to your healthcare visit ready to focus on what concerns you and how to get the information and help that you need. Which leads us to action point number two, visit your physician to see if a medical condition such as low thyroid or a bowel disorder needs to be investigated. And as I mentioned earlier, we have dropped the age for screening colonoscopy to to age 45. And for those without a family history or personal symptoms, you may want to consider the Cologuard test if you do not want the colonoscopy. I prefer the colonoscopy at least once and certainly in anyone with symptoms or low iron or a family history of colon cancer or a personal history of colon polyps. Now, there's other common causes of constipation, including medicines, which I'll go over some examples at the end. And also, there are other medical conditions. Celiac disease can cause constipation. In fact, I urge you to read, read our excellent column uh, written by some outside experts who run a nonprofit uh, celiac foundation on our com website. Diabetes can affect nerves and be associated with constipation. So can Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis, pregnancy with that ever-expanding belly pressing on all the organs, high calcium states like hyperparathyroidism, which is not an uncommon condition in postmenopausal women, especially those not on estrogen. Irritable bowel syndrome is a very common vexing condition that can be associated with constipation or with diarrhea or with both. And anytime there's a change in the environment, even simple travel on a vacation, a new environment, many times in women especially, it causes the bowel to really slow down. Now, in children, most all constipation is functional, which means it's not due to a disease. But even though this can frequently occur around the time of potty training, when the child is trying to learn how to to control and relax the appropriate pelvic floor muscles, um, there are some other conditions that have to be considered, like celiac disease, cerebral palsy, and Hirschsprung's disease. We'll be back after a quick break. But since most all constipation is functional, certainly, even if there is other underlying medical conditions, the same principles of staying hydrated, getting a high-fiber diet, having regular bowel habits, and trying to be as physically active as possible is important. Now, sometimes children who have constipation can get colon dilation, and sometimes they can even get the very disconcerting encopresis, which is when there's fecal soiling of loose stool that comes around the hard impacted stool. Elderly persons can also suffer with constipation and some of the causes in people of advanced age include immobility, malnutrition, and lack of abdominal wall strength. Also weak pelvic floor, which can happen because of surgeries, diseases, childbirth, can also cause some problems. There are several chronic medical conditions and many medications that can slow the bowel down. Learning how to do Kegels, which is contracting your pelvic floor and holding it for a few seconds and then releasing, is very important at keeping the internal urethral sphincter tone strong as well as the perianal uh, tone. And when you go for your gynecologic evaluation, your physician or nurse practitioner or physician assistant should ask you to do a Kegel around their gloved examining fingers to see if in fact you know how to contract and relax your pelvic floor. So constipation can be due to very slow transit or it can be due with normal bowel transit And it also can occur with defecatory conditions, which can include structural problems such as rectocele, which happens many times in women who've had childbearing or who've had uh, the pelvic floor cut to facilitate vaginal delivery. And a rectocele is when the rectum bulges into the vagina. And sometimes women have to put their hands or splint the perineum in order to empty the bowels. Action item number three, discuss using magnesium supplements with your healthcare team, as long as you don't have kidney impairment. Milk of magnesia, eh, I don't think it tastes so well, but there are several over-the-counter inexpensive calcium uh, supplements. Sometimes the oxalate's a little more irritating to the bowel, whereas the glycinate may be better absorbed, so it kind of depends if you just want it to stay in the bowel, I think... uh, Magnesium oxide tablets, 250 to 500 milligrams, can be tried in most people. There's also some uh, sweet-tasting magnesium chewies that children and toddlers may use. Number four, fiber gummies. Certainly, we try first with foods, but um, fruit chewies uh, children many times like, and that might be a way of sneaking in some extra fiber. Action item number five, consider a trial of Miralax, which is polyethylene glycol. And this can be added to apple juice or prune juice or water. And it may need to be used consistently. And after a week or so of use without results, uh, you should contact your physician or pediatrician. And certainly any adult who has used it for more than two weeks straight and has not had a bowel or medical evaluation certainly needs one. Action item number six, stool softeners, such as colase or docusate, could be considered. Number seven, mineral oil is a lubricant laxative and coats the bowels. It's usually taken right before bedtime because it usually takes about eight hours to work, but it should not be used in those who do not have intact swallowing, so Anyone using this should not have neurologic impairment because we don't want mineral oil aspirated into the lungs. And most physicians do not recommend this for children under age six. Action item number eight reevaluate the bowel habits. Set a regular time, such as sitting on the toilet after breakfast or after dinner, particularly after eating some food to help capitalize on the gastric colic reflex. Or perhaps having a warm beverage with caffeine, such as a hot cup of tea or coffee, may help some. Because when you drink coffee, even decaf, but mainly regular coffee, which contains caffeine, it stimulates gastrin release from the stomach, which seems to help promote bowel movements in many. Sometimes a glycerin suppository may be advised, and occasionally saline enemas and disimpaction might have to be employed under a health care supervision. Most people tend to feel more comfortable in passing their bowels at home, which is one reason why travel can be disturbing to some women. Although some people don't have any problem, and I remember my husband would always muse that our middle son, Emerson, after he was potty trained, he wanted to poop on every toilet he could find and so that's great when there's no inhibition and you feel comfortable Uh, but not everyone does feel comfortable and having that comfort level and regularity is important. Action item number nine to consider is aloe vera juice. It does have antioxidant and antibacterial effects and it's high in some vitamin c. But aloe vera should definitely be avoided in pregnancy and lactation, like so many things. And it's the outer pulp of the aloe leaves that contain anthraquinones, known as aloin, that are the laxative part. But it is a bit controversial, and uh, the FDA has said that this should not be used on any regular long-term basis. It's also important not to ingest aloe gel, which is made to put on the skin, like burns. Also, some people can be very allergic to aloe, so you would not want to ingest it or use it if you're allergic. Now, aloe vera juice with the pulp can be obtained in health stores and online, but I think it's best to consult with your physician or pediatrician when using Now, some additional resources that you can find on our speakingofwomen'shealth.com website include 10 Reasons for Probiotics, the column about passion and physical exercise, how that equals good health outcomes, we have a free bowel disorder treatment guidebook, A recent column from Functional Medicine about how health begins in your gut. We have health information, library information about improving your overall health with fiber. We have a column by a colorectal female surgeon about rethinking and controlling your bowels and dealing with fecal incontinence, which is a horrible condition that's horrifying to to many and is treatable. We have a column on rethinking colorectal cancer and colon cancer screening. Now, on to some information about medicines and supplements that cause constipation. Well, one of the biggest offenders is opiates, which are frequently given after surgical procedures, acute injury, wisdom teeth removal, etc. So whether it's hydrocodone, oxycodone, or morphine, Or even Tylenol number three, which contains codeine, that can significantly slow down the bowel and cause some significant constipation. So, most of the time, when doctors prescribe opiates, which have to be carefully prescribed because of the addictive potential and also appropriately stored and carefully disposed of, most physicians will recommend a stool softener or other activities to help promote bowel action. Now, SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor antidepressants. Paxil is the brand name of paroxetine, definitely is associated with constipation. And to a lesser degree, uh, Zoloft's the brand name of sertraline. Now, the older class of tricyclic antidepressants, which can be very helpful for nerve irritation, pain syndromes, brand name Elevil, a generic name amitriptyline, as well as brand name Norpramin, generic name desipramine, are other constipating antidepressants. Antihistamines, many of which are over-the-counter, like Benadryl, which is generic diphenhydramine, or Zyrtec, which is generic citrazine, and Claritin, which is generic lor- loratadine. Overactive bladder is a common problem in women with aging and sometimes even children. And the medication Ditropan, oxybutynin, can be anticholinergic and constipating. And so can Detrol, generic name tolteridine. Now, most people over age 50 to 55 do have hypertension, and many antihypertensive medicines, such as the calcium channel blocker Norvasc, generic name amlodipine, cardizem, generic name diltiazem, and verapamil, as well as alpha agonists, like catapress, brand name clonidine. And sometimes we occasionally use low-dose clonidine at night for sleep and hot flashes in people with borderline blood pressure. Anti nauseant medications like Zofran, generic name Andastranaziton, also, uh, while well, helping nausea, can really slow down the gut. Now, in terms of over the counter supplements, iron, and please listen to my first podcast on iron, that really slows down the gut, and many physicians recommend taking iron with vitamin C and following it with a chaser of magnesium to keep the bowels loose, any calcium-containing supplement or antacid, such as Maalox, and that includes aluminum-containing antacids like Mylanta. And that is not a full list. It's just a highlight of some of the common medications. And whenever you visit your physician or pediatrician, family medicine doctor, or nurse practitioner please bring in all your medications and supplements because that's very important to assessing your overall health. And we want you to be strong, be healthy, and be in charge. I am your host, Dr. Holly Thacker, and I'm the editor-in-chief of our columns on Speaking of Women's Health. And I hope that you will join me back in the Sunflower House for more podcasts on women's health. And you can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Amazon Music, CastBox, Podcast Addict, Pocket Cast, iHeartRadio. Looking forward to seeing you back in the Sunflower House.